All righty. So the question of the day is, does the Lord want to hear our prayers regarding the making of disciples? Answer? Yes, <clears throat> he does. Um, that's why the Lord says part of our, the Lord's prayer is to let your kingdom come. And in praying that prayer, part of what we're asking is that um, the gospel would spread and the people would come to know Christ as Savior and so on. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about um, yesterday before we have our Q&A panel come up and then we're going to look forward. So first of all, thank you for praying. Uh, it was awesome to get uh, emails and texts of, of people praying uh, for the event yesterday. And so we appreciate uh, everybody's participation in our team. Um, so let me just describe what some of the answered prayer requests were. Um, as you guys may already know, if you've read the emails, uh, with the rain, we moved our venue from here over to the Marina Valley Mall. And that right away made me nervous because now I'm out of my comfort zone. I've trained everybody to do track evangelism. And now we're going into a venue where I'm not sure if we're going to be able to pass out tracks. And, um, and so I asked you guys to pray and I drove over to the mall right away, just happened to park right in front of the management office. That's not me. I, I, I get lost in my own town. And so went into the office, ran into Michelle. Michelle helped us out in a wonderful way. And then she ended up sharing that her husband, Jim, had had a massive heart attack that week and uh, was really distraught. And so I told her that we would pray for her and for Jim. Uh, came back to the office. Our office kicked into gear. It was amazing. They had me a check in my hands within an hour uh, between our admin staff. Got back to the mall. The mall had already set up our table for us. And I go in. I was about ready to march out to my car. And then something was telling me, I think it was the Holy Spirit, uh, go in and pray with Michelle. And I'm like, no, that's embarrassing. I don't want to walk back in there. I've already walked out. But I did walk back in and with my heart pumping. And I just said, this may sound weird, but could I just pray for Jim? She says, that'd be great. And so I just prayed like a 15-second prayer for Jim. And then she, the waterworks just started coming. She just started crying and um, told her that we'd be praying for her and for Jim. So please, please pray for him. He had this kind of heart attack that is normally called the widow maker. So normally kills people. But she happened to have some bare aspirin that he was able to chew right away. When they got him in, he has two extra aorta, which they've never seen. And um, so he survived. And so so pray for him. I'll be back this week. I'll tell you why uh, to visit with them. So then we uh, so our team. So we had 15 people come on over to our house yesterday that was a great blessing. Katie made some breakfast. Anna made some potatoes and coffee. So they were part of the team. Um, we had just a really good, uh, cohesive group of people that came together. And um, so we had a little bit of breakfast, a little bit of training, drove over to the mall. And, and, and then we were able to have a table there. So I was able to pass out tracks. I, I kind of stayed in my comfort zone. And then we had three teams on the upper level, three teams on the lower level, just walking around 
uh, getting into conversations with people. So I, I'm going to let some of those people speak here in a moment. Uh, but I know Amanda was praying that we would have maybe at least one that might call upon Christ as Savior. And I know Teresa was able to pray with one person yesterday that we know of. Uh, we don't. I, there's a lot of great conversations that we had. Let me just give you a couple of visuals here. So this is the entrance <coughs> of the mall <coughs> where we you, we go into the food court. That's where we had a table. That's the table when they had set it up for us just a few hours when I came back to the mall. <coughs> so that's what it looks like as we're passing out tracks. I was only able to take pictures around the table because that was kind of my station. But we have teams going all around, um, getting in conversations, passing out. Uh, a few tracks, but most of the track distribution is happening around the table. And so there you see Justice. We did a lot of Kobe Bryant tracks. That's a couple of our gals actually praying with some people that they were witnessing to that actually were interested in coming to Cornerstone. So we'll pray that they'll come to Cornerstone. This is what I spent most of my time doing <laughs> is just getting samples, free samples of food. And uh, so my job was to equip the equip the team and then go get my free samples uh so here's what's coming up um so today is the last day of our evangelism class we're actually gonna we're thinking of this as the last day of evangelism part one next week we call it church history but we're going to call it evangelism part two and i'll share with you why it's uh we're talking about church history the rising of the sun i get that from a jonathan edwards quote from a sermon called uh what is meant by believing in Christ. So let me just read this quote. This is a, a sermon that he delivered once to the Housatonic Indians and once to the Mohawks. And um, <clears throat> so here's what he says in part of that sermon. And so we have an account of how the disciples afterward went all about the world, preaching the gospel to the, all the nations or all nations by degrees, a great many nations threw away their idols and turned to the Christian religion so that in about 300 years after Christ, a great part of the world became Christians. There was the greatest change and alteration uh, in the world that ever was. Christ was the light of the world. The preaching of the gospel was like the rising of the sun in the morning that shone away all darkness and filled the world with light. Um, I don't know how you def by default think of church history. But Jonathan Edwards, when he thinks of church history, he thinks of the rising of the sun and that it was the greatest change that had ever occurred in human history to that point. And so that's what we're going to move into starting next week. So I'd invite you to come on out to our evangelism part two class because we're really going to see how the gospel spread throughout church history. All right. So with that, um, we have one um, Kind of a little last minute change. Justice was not able to get a ride here for Sunday school. And so um, I've asked Rosemary to fill in for him. So we're going to have Jaime come on up. Molly, Jacob, Teresa, and Rosemary. If you guys don't mind, come on up. And we're going to throw them some questions. And yeah, however you guys want to. Let's take it random here. We'll see what you guys... Let's see what this means psychologically by how you guys see yourselves. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I did. Um, I just turned it on. Or you want to check it? Okay. That's cool. All right. So part of the idea here is is one. Um, we do have several members. Actually, 
everybody up here was at our event yesterday, so that's great. And so we're going to ask uh, <coughs> these guys' questions, not just uh, partially related to the event, but also just uh, their own evangelism. And then if we have time, we'll throw out questions um, that you guys can ask. And, um, and then really the big idea is we want to try to encourage us all to go beyond this class, right? That's the big idea is we want to just encourage us that we can all play a part on this team. All right, so we're going to start with just kind of a question for everybody. We'll, and we, we don't want everybody's full, like, five-minute testimony, just kind of a real short response to this question. How did uh, you hear the gospel, and how did you respond? And we'll start here with Molly and move this way. I fir- Is it not on? Yeah, there you go. Is it on Good. a little bit? Okay. Um, I first heard the gospel... I mean, I was very young, so I couldn't pinpoint a person or a time exactly, but I know that my mom shared with me, and I learned in Sunday school as well at church growing up, and I also had a second grade teacher who was very um, uh, motivated to share the gospel with all her students. It was a Christian school. So those were the first and biggest influences on me, and I responded over time understanding more and positively uh, and accepted Jesus I would say I really understood the full gospel when I was in sixth grade and that was when my mom again in a middle school um, youth leader really helped me through a tough time and re-explained the gospel to me I was wondering if I were to die I I thought I I didn't know exactly where I would go was just um, scared so I would say leaders at church and my mom yeah nice all right. Uh, for me, it was uh, November 2007, so it was after I graduated college, and it was interestingly at, uh, I just recall it was at Grace Community Church. I was there, and it was kind of like their singles ministry, and uh, it was a morning service, and it was just an op- a time where the gospel was being rehearsed through song, through worship, um, but also through verses as well. Um, And that just really had an impact on me. I thought I was saved prior to then, but obviously I wasn't. Uh, I then went home and just really pondered and reflected on just that time, you know, those verses in particular and just the truths that were shared. And uh, I'm convinced that's like that evening. I remember like just laying in bed, pondering on what had happened. And um, the lordship of Christ was really weighing heavy on my heart, just thinking like, man, I really want to make Christ Lord of my life. So that's when I responded to uh, uh, God's call for my life so awesome and Jacob so I was raised in a home where we read the Bible a lot so I was able to hear the gospel a lot when I was younger but I wouldn't say I really understood it until I was in about eighth grade when I went to a junior high retreat and was just able to really understand kind of the magnitude that the gospel has and really make a decision for myself to um, give my life to the Lord and I wouldn't say or I would also say that I wouldn't I didn't understand the power of the gospel until I started evangelizing which was maybe about two years ago and I'd say that for me has just been the biggest kind of game changer for me nice Um, I grew up Catholic, but I don't remember hearing. I remember seeing the Stations of the Cross and knowing that Jesus died, but never had a clear presentation of the gospel. And so after uh, I moved out of my home and I just quit going to Catholic Church, and a co-worker shared the gospel one-on-one clear. 
And like you, Jaime, I went home and pondered that, and I didn't pray or call right out to the Lord from him sharing the gospel to me. It, ha it worked in my heart, and God would bring the, the powerful gospel, the word of God, to my heart in times I was alone, thinking about, you know, if I were to die, where would I go? And just the things that were shared with me. And then one night, I just cried out to God and said, if you're real, I, I want to know you. And God began to, you know, reveal himself to me. So I can say that the first time someone shared the gospel with me, I responded. Yeah, so that's what motivates me to share the gospel with other people. There's people out there like me that's just, just waiting, waiting to hear the clear presentation of the gospel. Hello. Um, so I was raised a Catholic also and had no fear of going to hell and did not care at all. Um, but it's kind of funny, um, that movie, The Omen, I don't know if any guy, old school people remember, remember um, it was on. And I remember asking my mom, like, what is that? And she talked about the Antichrist and how he was going to come. I was freaked out. I was freaked. Uh, my parents got a divorce, and my mom started going to all these different religions, you know, Buddhist and Hindu, all the kinds. And um, it bothered me when I saw pictures of Jesus, like, as one of their leaders, but not God, because I thought he was God. Um, but... <clears throat> Uh, I went, I know this is going to sound terrible, but I went to Catalina Island, my, me and my sister, we got kind of wild, we were spending the night and sleeping in the golf courses, whatever, and this church was there with music, and they were like, hey, if you accept Jesus, we'll give you a place to stay, you know, warm sleeping bag, and I'm like, yeah, so we prayed the sinner's prayer, whatever, and next morning, we're like, see ya, um, but uh, oddly enough, a uh, during that next year, a friend from work um, invited me to church, and when I went, it was very awkward. I was like, because we were in a punk rock at that time, and it was like this darkness, you know, just hate and everything, and then, you know, violence, and then all of a sudden, there's this, like, everyone singing, and they're happy, and they're hugging each other. Um, so it was very uncomfortable, but I thought it was so cool how everybody really loved each other, and it was just so beautiful, and um, it was funny, so I... I gave my life to Christ, um, just a fear when I was reading the scriptures in Matthew where it said there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and I kept reading that over and over, and that freaked me out, and I knew, I didn't think I was that bad, but I knew I was bad enough to go to hell, but I'm like, there are so many people worse than me, but uh, I did give my life to Christ, and then it was funny because that year they did a, um, a presentation from the church, and they're like, here we are in Catalina praying with people, and it was like the same group. I was so embarrassed. I wanted to just hide in my chair, um, but anyway, that was it, so that's it. All right, good job. Very good. Um, so Jaime, we're going to ask Jaime a question. Jaime is actually uh, in charge of our evangelism team, so if you're looking for opportunities to Go do evangelism. You can always come up to Jaime. And so we're going to ask him, how often do you evangelize? And do you have evangelism goals? So there you go. So uh, reality is I don't evangelize as often as I should. Um, uh, so I know, um, you know, we're able to review some of the questions, and I knew this one was coming. But pondering on it, I remember thinking to myself, well, that's just the reality. I don't evangelize as much as I should. Um, and to be totally transparent with you guys, one of the reasons I'm part of the evangelism team is to keep evangelism on my radar. Mm. 
um, because if it wasn't for that, I'm I would probably be pretty disconnected from just either not intentional with my time, etc. Um, and the one thing I've noticed too, also I and I've talked to someone else about this. The times that I've gone to evangelize with the group, it just does something to me. Like it, again, it keeps it on my radar, but my confidence level just goes up like just after events like that. So I remember thinking to myself, you know what, that may not be the best thing to like rely on that. You know, I got to rely on the Lord to just really give me wisdom to motivate me, compel me to share Christ ultimately. But it's like, man, I'm going to use at least those two things to kind of keep it on my radar and just even, um, you know, instill that confidence in me. Uh, to know that I can, um, that I can share the gospel with people. Mm. So, um, in terms of evangelism goals, I can't say I have any, um, you know, it is, uh, I, I try to be, and I think I've learned this even just from observing others that it, it is a matter of it being intentional with our time whenever we're out and about. And, you know, I heard Milton say it in a sermon once that, you know, evangelism is not something you do on a Saturday from like nine to 12, <laughs> but it's just it's a lifestyle and i'm and i'm still working on it i'm not saying i've arrived but i, I think that's been a game changer it's like doesn't matter where you're at you know if someone's changing your tires you know um you know servers giving you food or something simple invite to church um you know even there you know telling them about jesus in two minutes is uh, uh provides an opportunity so yeah that's awesome Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And well, our next question will go to Molly. And the question is, how do you evangelize? Yeah. Um, first, just a quick note with Jaime. Something that you have mentioned that has encouraged me is you try to talk to like Lyft or Uber drivers that you um, <laughs> are riding with and just ask a simple question. Has anyone ever shared the gospel with you? I think is what you asked them. So that's been motivating to me as to like how or when would you evangelize but um, one specific way that I get to evangelize is through training medical students at Loma Linda so it's not just medical students our biggest presence and outreach is to the medical students because that a doctor a physician was the one who started this um, organization that I work with called the medical strategic network but um, so we do get some pharmacy students dental students too but mostly medical students and so every Friday afternoon we offer them um, free training it's not required it's not something to get a grade for but if they'd like to get some additional training to help know how to best ask spiritual questions of their patients, how to best share the gospel in this unique setting, then we can give them different types of training throughout the year. And then after the training for about half an hour, we go up on the wards in the hospital and practice and talk to patients. So it's great because it, like I mentioned, it really keeps me um, engaged in evangelism. I probably wouldn't really do hardly not even close to as much evangelism as I do now if I didn't have this event every Friday afternoon. And like Pastor Mike has mentioned before, it is challenging. Like it's, he goes out every week and I do this every week, but almost every week it's almost like a spiritual attack. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I just don't really feel like doing this this week. Um, But then I go and I'm so glad I did and we get to have great conversations. So um, one unique thing I have to make sure to teach the students and that we try to keep in mind is that as a clinician, you have a unique um, kind of authority over the patient, even though these patients that we're kind of practicing on aren't our patients, we're going up there with white coats on and we have this position of authority where a patient may feel like they need to, even subconsciously, feel like they need to 
answer yes to whatever we're telling them and just agree with whatever we're telling them because if not, oh, maybe they aren't going to give me the appropriate care or they're going to treat me differently. So we have to come into those situations really focusing on what we call patient autonomy, so really making sure that they are wanting to engage in a conversation. So it's a little different than going out to the mall where I might be more willing to push and to really um, try to engage someone in a conversation who's more hesitant. With the, with the medical environment, you have to really make sure that the patient is um, is willing and wanting to talk and you aren't trying to shove anything down anyone's throat. So it's a little more challenging in that because you have to uh, make sure it's all in the patient's um, kind of terms. But it's still the the medical environment offers so many opportunities because people are so open to talking about these types of issues when they're all of a sudden faced with a a big change in their life. Mm. And you as a physician can ask them questions and they will willingly answer you when otherwise it would be really awkward to within two minutes of starting to talk to some stranger on the street, ask them, so where is God in all of this? Um, Mm. Or is God or a higher power part of your life? And how does that... um, relate to what you're going through right now. So just really a great opportunity to get to talk to people. Um, gosh, I could talk all day, but that's probably That's great. <laughs> yeah. no, that's fantastic. And I love um, what you guys shared is is the idea of having something on your schedule. Because yes. yeah, yeah. uh, I, I think that is part of a, the battle in evangelism is there's even though we do we do have there's a part of our hearts that wants to go out and make disciples right because we're Christians, the spirit fills us. We've also got this indwelling sin and selfishness where we don't want to do it sometimes and having something on the on the calendar where other people are kind of depending upon you to be there. That helps, right? It kind of helps kind of with with discipline and then the Lord meets you in that moment. Um, Let's go to Jacob. So, Jacob, how, how old are you, first of all? I'm 17. Okay, so I just met Jacob yesterday. And uh, the question that we're asking Jacob is, how do you deal with fear? How do you deal with fear? So I remember when I first started, I had a lot of fear because I started in a mall. And kind of just this thought of going up to someone that you don't know is terrifying in and of itself. And then having to carry out a conversation with them is another matter. So I remember the first conversation I started with, I was just like, Hey, la, 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 and telling them about church, and I just remember just a whole bunch of stuff spilling out. But <laughs> and I know that afterwards, I started realizing more and more that um, it's not my um, it's this is God's story that I'm telling people, and it's not it my opinion shouldn't have any um, influence on how I tell them the gospel because. The gospel it should be full of love, and I think it's God's spirit that would probably take away the fear that um, that I started with. And so, the more and more I started realizing it, the less I felt afraid of going up to people. And I kind of just thank God for allowing me to be used in His um, in His plan for just someone else. Awesome! That's great. And I, I got to hang out with Jacob a little bit. He's a, by God's grace, he's a machine. This guy's a witnessing machine yesterday, so it was awesome to see him in action. Um, let's go to Teresa. Um, what advice do you have for someone who has not personally proclaimed Christ? You know, maybe they've, they've prayed, but uh, they're new at it, or they, 
they really haven't gone out and shared the gospel themselves before. Well, like Jacob just said, um, I would just say to believe in the power of God's word because it's really not about us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's God's word that hits the heart and um, believe in the power of the gospel. It really takes the pressure off (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, you know, and another thing is, uh, like you were sharing, Molly, is I always ask permission before I talk to someone. So, you know, you will be rejected, but... I think Avi, maybe one person rejected us yesterday. Everyone else said sure. And what we asked was, hey, you know, we're, we're with our church here and we want to talk p- to about, you know, God to people. Would you want to listen? Sure. And we're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, I think we build up, you know, in our head how, how difficult it is. But um, if you know the gospel uh, and you know the power of the gospel. It's just a matter of um, being willing and, um, you know, uh, the opportunity. And yesterday was an opportunity. I think only one person just said no. And we're like, okay, no problem. You know, we're not going to talk to you. But everyone else was, and um, just to encourage you, uh, I think he was about 17, Avi. He said he had never heard the gospel. He's all, I learned something today. And he was so honest in that, and uh, that encouraged us so much. We're like, he's never heard the gospel. So I would just say believe. Believe that God's word is powerful. And, um, you know, also it's a setup. I mean, I was a little like, oh, we're switching it to the mall at 10 in the morning. Who goes to the mall at 10 in the morning? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so I was praying for people just to get out of bed and that the Lord would say, go pick that up today, you know, <laughs> and, and God was so faithful. We walked in, what, 10 feet, and there's this woman sitting on a couch, I mean, on a um, bench waiting for her daughter to get her eyebrows plucked or whatever, and um, she was just sitting there, and she was like, yes, and, and that was the one that was like, I've been looking online and trying to listen to God's word and think about God and She's all you got. She just knew it was a divine setup. And it is a lot of times it's a setup by God. We could not have orchestrated that. It was just God's spirit that did it. And the more that happens, the more you get addicted. (laughs) It's all about him. Yeah, that concept of setup. When I looked at the weather report, I think it was Thursday night. I was like, oh, no. And um, so then I'm, I start thinking and praying, you know, okay, what are we going to do? And then after my conversation with Michelle, and then when I went in and prayed with her, oh, and I didn't say this part of the story. After I prayed with her, I get back to the office. I look at my email. She's already emailed me saying, thank you so much for praying with me. That was That meant so much to me. By the way, there's going to be thousands of kids at the mall for this special program on February 29th. You guys should come then. And so I'm just like, this whole rain thing was God just setting it up so that we could go meet Michelle and learn about Jim and and then find out about February 29th. So, yeah, <laughs> I know it just rained right then. All right. So we're going to uh, we'll go to Rosemary. And um, so the question we're going to ask Rosemary is what what role does feeding yourself spiritually have on your personal evangelism so feeding yourself on the gospel 
Yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, <clears throat> I think especially like how we've had this Sunday school, which I wish you would do it for the whole congregation, honestly, this session, because just like how many weeks we spent on just knowing who Christ is and what he's done for us, getting that in. And, and I know it's like something we all know, but um, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, except being on the Lord um, makes him so much more dear to your heart. And you realize what good news you are giving um, I personally never liked giving out tracts because I always felt like people gave out tracts for doing their time for their church or trying to do good works or they're in a cult or something. <laughs> but um, then I, you, you mentioned that what I give that person that day will be the, or is the best thing that will happen for them that day. The, that is the best thing that happened to that person that day, and it, that just so encourages my heart. So... Um, you know, we've been reading Spurgeon. I don't know if you guys read The Wicked Gate. If you guys haven't, please read it. And All of Grace, too. Those books had just, oh, my goodness. It gets your heart so excited and really soft. And um, and then you realize the grace that God has for sinners and how we're all sinners. So it's not me, this religious person, trying to get you to change your life. But it's a sinner who's been saved from hell trying to talk to another sinner to be saved from hell, too. Wow, great answer. <clears throat> That's awesome. Uh, so the these other questions, anybody can answer if somebody feels like they want to jump in. Um, what's the biggest mistake you have made in evangelism? Let's just start with that one. The biggest mistake you've ever made in evangelism. I could start on this one. <laughs> I'll just pick one. Well, yeah, it was when I was in the Christian rock band trying to be Bono back in the day. And I was preaching the gospel and I asked a whole bunch of people to receive the devil into their heart. <laughs> because I was three sentences ahead in my mind. I, I was so nervous. Uh, all these people were smiling, and I didn't even know what I had said. All of a sudden, people stopped smiling. I didn't know why until the pastor came up to me afterwards and said, do you know what you said? I'm like, what? You asked everybody to receive the devil. That was the worst mistake I think I've ever made. Yeah. yeah. So mine is what I – my worst mistake was not sharing the gospel. So we have um, uh, the, the UCR outreach um, and when they first advertised it, I'm like, there is no way, there's no way I'm going to go on a campus and talk to these university students. In my mind, I'm thinking they're going to be saying, what about homosexuality? Are you against it? And I'll say, you know, what the Bible says, oh, my gosh, and they're going to start this riot, and I'm going to be on, you know, Google, you know, Yahoo Mail, and there's my picture like this, and just freaked out, or they're going to say, what about the, you know, the little fish that turned from women to men, you know, and how do you explain that? And I mean, just so freaked out in my mind thinking of all these things that they're going to say, and I'm just going to be sitting there like this. And so it's like, there's no way I would ever do anything like that. Um, but then I ended up going the next year and, and I found out the kids want to talk to you. They, they, they pray with you. They cry, they hug you They're I mean, it's unbelievable. So for me, I think my worst mistake is thinking ahead of time of what I thought they would react and then not doing it. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Okay, how about um, 
describe something um, that you praise the Lord for and how the Lord used you. Just any kind of opportunity that you had to share the gospel where it was just like, wow, I just can't believe the Lord did that. That was so amazing. Yeah, um, I'm in construction, and I had uh, an opportunity to uh, share with uh, three young men that were, um, they were basically homeless. They lived in a camper shell, not a camper, but a camper shell. And I would pick them up from for work every day, and I think because of their desperation, it made them great workers because they needed money to eat and to, you know, have a few things. But uh, over a period of time, uh, I shared the gospel with them. And uh, not only that, uh, and I, because they had no uh, family. They were all uh, either, one of them had a mom and two of them had, their uh, parents had both passed away. Um, but I just tried to help them in life and establishing a bank account that they never had. They had a savings account. They had, they uh, actually got an apartment together. And so it was real inspiring to see uh, how the Lord used me in that. And then um, two of them moved out of the area. Well, actually all of them moved out of the area, but the one uh, that I thought would be the hardest case, he um, actually called me from Texas, and he ended up being a union iron worker, uh, went to church, and accepted the Lord, and had a family of three at that time, I believe. And it was something that, you know, only God could do. It was just amazing, and it just, uh, the time, you know, that you spend with people, uh, it, it's totally worth it. Even even if the results aren't what you think, the, you know, and, and that's one thing that I always try to do is I try not to have my own personal expectations for people when you share the Lord you you know you pray that the Lord will work in their life and keep the seed going. So yeah, it was awesome. Can I just say, and I mentioned it before, is that I'm home a lot right now. That's just the season of my life. And my daughter, she's ordering Amazon all day long. I'm not kidding. It drives me nuts. And so I was like, Are you kidding me? Why are these people keep coming? And then I realized, my gosh, I could give them tracks. So I keep the tracks right next to my door. As soon as I hear that truck, you've got to run because you know they're fast. <laughs> Get over there. I got the track, and I just hand it to them. They're always really surprised, but I just go, here's something for you to read when you get a chance, and they take it, and sometimes they're reading it on the way to the car. But anyway, you know, just use those opportunities. You've got people come to work on your home. Um, you go, in, I mean, tow truck drivers. My, our car used to break down all the time, and Wade was always sharing the gospel. I called them the tow truck driver ministry. You know, when it, just whatever the opportunity the Lord gives. Your story reminded me of um, recently, gosh, I want to say 
probably 1988. I'm not kidding. Uh, a, a woman got a hold of me on Facebook recently, and she gave me a private message saying, "Are you the Teresa Wilson from kindergarten?" And she was. She had been in kindergarten with me, and she lives in Washington State. And I was kind of like, "Who is this?" You know. So I asked her, "What was our kindergarten teacher's name?" <laughs> Like, I don't know if you're for real. And she was, and she answered all the right questions. But she said, <laughs> she goes, I'll never forget when I ran into you at church that one day at the women's Bible study in 1988. And I'm like, oh, really? And she saw what you said just really made an impact on my walk with the Lord. And I don't even remember it. But that just that seed that was planted or watered, you know, that you don't even think about is so powerful when you're giving someone the word of God because that's what's powerful. <clears throat> and she said it was super key to her coming to the Lord. Of course, it's not the only thing. Other faithful waters and planters were speaking into her life, but she said that that was that I gave her hope that day. And she was going through a lot of things, and now she's lived and walked the Christian walk because of that period of time of people investing in her life. And I just thought... What a blessing to hear that later of all the fruit that came out of just, you know, a, a 10, 15-minute conversation, you know. It's like, wow, it was really, really powerful and, and encouraging to me, yeah. That's great. Anybody else? Amanda says that uh, telemarketer calls, she'll say, I'll give you one minute if uh, you give me one minute. So that's awesome. Um, I have the uh, many opportunities to share the gospel in the field I am, but because um, I'm a coach, and so um, I work with all types of people. But I recall when I was in college um, as a collegiate athlete, uh, one of my teammates um, was always kind of attached to me, um, a male, but he wasn't attached to me because he liked me. He was attached to me for some reason. And I'm, I wasn't sure why, um, but I would sit down and hang out with him in like the commons area, and I would just be talking about, you know, what I w did at Bible study, and because one of my other teammates and I formed a fellowship of Christian athletes at my college, because there wasn't one, um, so we started it, and we started inviting some of the athletes to come join us for Bible studies, and then our my pastor there in uh, Kansas City was a sponsor, so we had in a you know a more mature um, adult there to to you know, help help us along. Anyway, so Jason Starry um, is this uh, one of my teammates' name, and um, so I would just share the gospel with them there in the commons area, and then I would say, hey, you should just come to church with this, like, come to church with us one day, and he started coming, and um, he was younger than I was. Um, um, he never came out and said he professed the Lord, um, but it wasn't until after I left so I had graduated college, and I was like, where's Jason Starry, right? Um, he was a really nice kid. Um, and 
so then he ended up contacting me one day and um, had reached out because he needed support. Well, it turns out he ended up doing mission work in Asia and like the untouched areas of Asia and was doing missionary work there um, for years, for years, just sharing the gospel and did not know that that was ever, that never crossed my mind that I would have someone I, you know, trained with would be out sharing the gospel, you know, in lands where people have never heard the gospel. So, you know, that was the opportunity and there, and then now as a coach, I have the opportunity when I meet clients, you know, um, I build a relationship. I know Pastor Barry talked about this, you know, there's those people that, you know, they're not on the corner, but they build the relationships before they are able to open, you know, open that, you know, um, share the gospel and then that door open. And I've had those opportunities, you know, with my clients. I've been very blessed to have clients that are already Christians that come in and love them. Um, but I've also had the opportunity where I've had, you know, the unchurched who I've come to contact with and I build those relationships and then I slowly kind of, you know, um, it just kind of naturally just works for me that way. You know, I'm not one to give out a track or anything like that, but I just kind of share a little bit of my life and then it, then I get to, they, they share a little bit of their life and then it just kind of goes from there and then we start talking about, you know, um, Christ and, you know, um, just sharing that story. So, um, I'm very grateful for those opportunities and I don't, it's, for me, it's not intentional. I don't, I've enjoyed coming to the, you know, this class and just learning from everybody, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm more like, I, I kind of go with the flow kind of person. If it happens, I'll be like, oh, there's my opportunity. And there's been times where I've also like, I miss those opportunities. And I'm like, oh, I totally could have, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna see that person again. And so um, I'm very grateful to be in the arena that I'm at because I get, I get to meet whole sorts of people, you know, all over the place. And a lot of them don't hear it. They've never heard it or they've never heard it in a way that you know, um, it's not, um, 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 like life experience wise is what I'm saying. You know, they don't, they, they, I think there's a, a, an assumption, a negative assumption, like, oh, there's a Bible belt. I mean, there's a, a Bible thumper, you know, um, that's kind of the, you know, I think the perception of a lot of people that I come and talk with, oh, but you're not, you're not carrying a Bible, but you know, you know some stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, so, um, so those have been my experiences, you know, and, you know, and again, I don't call my, I don't consider myself an evangelist, you know, I'm not, it just kind of happens. And then I have, if I have an opportunity, awesome. If I don't, then I don't. So. Going this way. Just real quick. One of the things that impacted me so much yesterday, I was such a blessing to hear how everyone shares, but to see Mike in action and then the young man in tears where it was convicting his heart I could like feel my heartbeat and but what really really hit me was how you followed up how you offered to take him for a taco first one's on me but, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't and I was trying to remember did he write his number down before you even offered a taco because I you asked if somebody, if you'd like somebody to meet with you and talk to you more about it. Or you might have even said a pastor. Anyway, that just really impacted me because I thought that's where I feel I can be of even more help 
is following up and doing that kind of stuff. So anyway, thank you. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, one thing I, I'm, as long as you guys promise not to take twenty dollars from me because we're over time. No. Oh. Okay. That's cool. So you, the question was like, um, uh, how the Lord has impacted this, and in Awana, the first thing that we do in Awana is share the gospel every year. It's the very beginning. We go through the gospel start to finish, and um, I've seen it be impactful for some kids. But one of the things recently where we're praying and you guys can pray with us is we have three girls who came to Awana and the gospel must have impacted them greatly because they went home and shared it with their mom who got angry and asked us not to send them postcards anymore and they may not be coming back to Awana. Um, so you could pray with them as the Hernandez family. However, these girls, these little girls, went home and shared the gospel with their mom. So anyway, the Lord works. So awesome. Yeah. Thanks, you guys, for everything you shared. Thank you to our esteemed panel uh, for doing such a great job. And, and everybody, the texts and emails that you guys sent saying, hey, we're praying for you guys. That was just so appreciated. I really think I felt like we had the full team rolling yesterday, both prayer and people making food and then our team going out. Um, when I saw who showed up for our outreach, I was like, man, what do I got to need to do? This, this is an all-star team right here. It's awesome. <clears throat> All right, so here's your homework. Homework. Yeah, you have homework. Um, what evangelism goal will you pray towards, and would you be willing to email me your goal? Okay, so th pray about that. And then would you be willing to email me, like, Hey, I, and, and a goal could be something like just like I'm going to pray for people to come to know Christ, right? I'm going to give some extra money so that people can come to know Christ. Um, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to share the gospel with somebody once a week, you know, something like that. Um, uh, so let me know um, if you want to be kept informed about our outreach events. Jaime is our outreach guy. You could talk to Jaime, um, you can see him at the table a lot of weeks. You could email me. Uh, pray and feed yourself on Christ. If you don't get anything out of this class, what Rosemary shared earlier, feed yourself in the gospel and you're going to find it happening. It'll just, the, the love of Christ will compel you. I'm just convinced that if, ignore everything else we said, feed on the gospel, feed on Christ, and that will be the thing that will move you. And then, after you've done that, come to our church history class next week because um, we're going to really be talking about evangelism in the history of the church. How did the gospel spread? So with that, let's pray. And then if you have any other questions for our panel, you can come on up. Lord, thank you so much for this great time for us to fellowship. Thank you for the wonderful event last week. We pray that you'd be with us as we go out this next Saturday. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.